If you want to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I know I've got it here somewhere. There we are. Paul wrote this letter to the church at Corinth, and it's quite a it's quite a hard hitting letter. But at the start of chapter six, it addresses some issues within the church. Now, I'm not suggesting for a minute that what we read now is happening here or in any other church, because we're going to water it down and just make it a wee bit less severe. But there's a principle here. And let's read the first six verses together. If any of you has a dispute against another, how dare you take it to court before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Or don't you know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is judged by you, are you unworthy to judge on trivial cases? Don't you know that we will, be judge, we will judge angels? How much more matters of this life? So if you have such matters, do you appoint yourself you, as your judges, those who have no standing in the church? I say this to your shame. Can it be that there's not one wise person among you who is able to arbitrate between fellow believers? Instead, brother goes to court against the brother, and that before unbelievers. The, the practice, obviously, in Corinth was when they had issues, and one side might have thought they had the right, they would just take each other to court. Paul talks they should be ashamed of themselves for getting to that. But how were we to, how was the church to uh, deal with disputes? Well, in Jesus' case, when he taught on it, he said, if you're bringing your offering to the altar and you know that somebody's got something against you, leave it there. Go and be reconciled. And they said, no, listen. Take somebody with you. See if you can win them round. And if that doesn't work, take it to the church. Do it yourself. That was Jesus' way of doing it. The church at Corinth. They didn't, I don't know why they didn't do it that way. But they were very quick to stand in their rights as they saw it. If we stand in our rights, things can get made worse. There's no doubt about that. I've got right in my side. So I'm okay. And very much that is how we look at things. But I want you to read verse 7 now in 1 Corinthians. As it is, you have legal disputes against one another. It's already a defeat for you. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? And that's a great challenge. Because, you know, can, can Paul really mean that? Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? But I've got right in my side. Why should I? I've got right. 
But yet, from Paul's perspective, because they weren't doing it the way Jesus taught, they why not rather be wronged? Now you could say to yourself, well, what Paul's getting at here is just peace for peace sake. Let's not rock the boat. Let's just paper over it. But no, he's not. Why should you or I be expected to be wronged when we're in the right? Just for peace sake. No, folks, it's for the sake of the gospel. It's for the sake of your witness. Jesus said, by this all men will know that you're my disciples, your love for one another. If we're having disputes among us, and we're not talking about legal disputes, if there's tensions in a group, tensions in a fellowship, well, I've heard many preachers stand up and tell me, be sure of this, the folks out there are watching. You know? And if they know, they've got their own expectations of Christians. Now, we don't need to live up to their expectations, but we do have to live up to Christ's expectations, and that's to love one another. And can I suggest this? That to be wronged, to accept being wronged even though you're right, to be cheated even though that it's going to hurt, is a tremendous act of love. For your neighbour. You could go the full distance and make sure your neighbour eventually gets to know how bad they are and how wrong they were and really make them feel good. And then they might never ever talk to you again. But Paul's saying to a church that should be ashamed of themselves, and they're going a lot worse than a lot of churches, let's be, be honest about it, but I suppose it must have happened. Why not rather accept being wronged and cheated, and love your neighbor. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I loved you. See, he's a role model. He's done it first. He loved us first. You also should love one another, and then everybody will know you, you're my disciple. And I suppose how we, uh, as Christians, deal with tensions and disputes is of vital importance for our witness and for the name of Jesus Christ. 